0: Welcome to the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Eleni Agresta, and I am a weight-inclusive registered dietitian. I started this podcast to help people like you heal their relationship with their bodies and food. Each week, there is a new episode that talks about different topics surrounding eating disorder recovery, diet culture, weight inclusivity, and more. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to just place a trigger warning for listeners. This episode discusses topics surrounding active eating disorder behaviors eating disorders, disordered eating, weight loss, and more. And if you are someone who is currently struggling with their relationship with food, have an active eating disorder, in recovery, or struggle with disordered eating, I just wanted to place a trigger warning on this episode. If you do not feel like you are in the place to listen to it, that is completely fine. Please come back at another time. And if you feel like you are open to listening to this episode, please stay and enjoy. Thank you. Thank you so much to LJ and I from the chick Shit Pod for coming on. Thank you guys so much. Well you're so welcome to be here yeah <laughs> So both of you are best friends. you have a podcast together which obviously I will link in the show notes. please go and follow They talk about fun topics but also really important topics that I think more people need to better acquaint themselves with. So they both engaged in some sort of like competitive sport competition type things and both struggled with eating disorders and disordered eating and body dysmorphia and the whole shebang. So I felt like it would be a great conversation to have for anyone listening. If you have a friend who's engaging in any of these behaviors, that it might be time to kind of take them aside and see if they maybe need more help. So LJ, if you want to first introduce yourself and yeah. give us the spiel. um, I'm LJ.
1: I'm 34 years old and I'm still haven't figured my body out. Um, I grew up in a household that was loving, but you would hear a lot of the stuff that was like, are you sure you needed that? Are you sure you need another one of those carbs are the devil carbs make you fat. Uh, I remember having slim fast shakes on the school bus in middle school. And drinking like the entire case of them because a SlimFest shake does not fill you up, especially when you're still growing. Mm. Um, And then I had like a wee bit of an alcohol problem and I drank a lot. When you drink a lot, you'll eat all the delicious, terrible things at two in the morning. And then I went total opposite and decided to just have my entire life revolve around Ironman triathlons, um, mm-hmm. and with that came a lot of like a lot of disordered eating, a lot of binging and purging because what an Iron Man or Iron Woman is supposed to look like and mm-hmm. what you should be eating versus like what's fun to eat and what you want to do. And it is still something I struggle with to this day. I had LASIK eye surgery on Monday, and I can see. But the like one instruction was for the next three days, do nothing. Mm -mm. I literally walked up and down the stairs 10 times today because I felt like I had not earned the food that I was putting in my body. Mm. So Mm. like it's an ongoing
0: thing. Well, first, thank you for sharing your experience. Um, Could you just explain to listeners like what is this iron person competition? (laughs) Um, Because Some people may not know. Don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> well besides that just, just so, you know that you always hear say no to drugs say no to
1: iron man triathlon it's very, very expensive and it's not that fun um <laughs> it is a 2.40 mile swim followed by 112 mile bike followed by a 26.2 mile run
0: um, and it
1: all is completed in you only have 17 hours so it has to be less than 17 hours
0: Oh my goodness. That seems insane. And so like the point of this is to like achieve like quote unquote glory of like completing it. Yeah. It's a, it's
1: a, it started out as for me, a, this is insane. It's something I've never done Mm -hmm. before. I was, I had several, several, several glasses of wine when my friend Tony and I decided like, yeah, let's sign up and do this. And the first time it it was amazing. It was an experience. I cried on the bike when it rained because it was such a beautiful moment. Like I, mm-hmm. it was just this high when you cross the finish line. But then I kept signing up because mm-hmm. people would be like, this is LJ. She does Ironman triathlons. Mm-hmm. So in the back of my head, I just had to keep doing it. Right. It
0: which then made my
1: relationship with my body and what working out should be fun I should be enjoying that movement just worse and worse and worse
0: and how old were you when you did your first competition
1: early 20s 22 I was old enough to drink
0: not that that's (laughs) taught me before but yeah and how how many years were you like a part of this it sounds like a cult in a way I mean, yeah. There
1: are no casual Ironman triathletes. Well, there's I mean, nobody that just kind of... How many
0: miles is the first thing, the swimming?
1: The swim is 2.4
0: miles. Okay. So but like, there's nobody who's just
1: casually like, oh, I'm going to do one and see what happens. Because like the investment... Yeah, in it's like the they're pretty expensive, right? Equipment, yeah, the, like everything. There are bikes that some of like the pro athletes and the, uh, like the age groupers who show up to win this shit. Am I allowed to cuss on Mm -hmm. this? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Cost more than my car.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Like, so if you're in you're in and that is what your whole life is. And when I was enjoying it, I had this really tight group of friends that We did bike rides together and then would go grab a burger and a beer. And we would go Mm. do these long runs and then go do a hot yoga class. Mm. And then that only existed for like two seasons for me. And then it wasn't fun anymore. So the last one that I attempted was 2019 because it was pre-COVID.
0: So that's a long stretch of time. It was about a decade. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: But I got to mile 10 on the run and was not having fun anymore. I had nothing left to prove. I wanted to go home. I was tired. The spandex was chafing me. There was Mm. not a good thing happening. Uh, But at that point, I still had it in my brain that I had to do this Mm. for everyone else. So I faked a medical emergency Mm. so that it wasn't like I was quitting. But I, I quit. It wasn't fun. I had nothing left to prove. I wanted to go home and snuggle my dog.
0: yeah it sounds like it was like mentally taxing physically taxing and like the whole experience had become so disordered and you you were uh the behaviors that you described are that of an eating disorder or multiple oh my
1: by the last couple seasons my body was like physically rejecting it because most of the nutrition that you take in on The bike and on the run is those little goo packs literally i would get to where i would be like like couldn't swallow them Mm -hmm. like my body was like hey we don't like this anymore why are you still doing it
0: that's so sad zero out of 10 (laughs) and so you guys were friends during this time yes but
2: not to where we are now not where we are now like our our, our, friendship has just, I don't know, since 2020, honestly.
1: Um, so the past, when I just sisters, announced that I was coming to your home, <laughs>
2: yes, uh, Lights that's been when been our, our, our <laughs> friendship give us a, really, give us a little story. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, so, so LJ had been friends with my husband for a long time. They actually met the same way I met my husband, which is, uh, which is the same guy. It just made yeah. it somebody else. <laughs> That's weird. Um, <laughs> the same, one and the same, um, <laughs> at, at a concert one for one of our favorite bands. And so LJ and, and my husband actually met prior to me meeting him. And then, you know, he introduced me at some point to her. And then we just like, we, you know, had a good friendship. Like we, you know, we weren't texting every day or anything like that, yeah. but like, you know, there was something happened in her life at one point that my husband and I flew her to us to be with us and just ha- yeah. get out of that. And I'm immediately
1: uh, about to cry.
2: <laughs> she, she so was strange. a a groomswoman at our wedding. So she stood on my husband's side. And then, um, in 2020, like what, everything she's like, you know what, I've got all these million miles. I just want to come like visit y'all in Denver and stay put there. Um, and so she did, and we just bonded. My husband was working pretty much the whole weekend and her and mm-hmm. I just like had all this time together and like from three there... hours in, we had the podcast
1: planned. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> And then, and then I decided to steal her from my husband. Share- so she's no. <laughs> Because Share. I still love my I sweet know. Matt. Yes, 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 of course. <laughs> so like, like a
1: little bit more you, but like, like a in this situation, like, like, you're ready to just kidding do not tell him i
2: said that (laughs) she's referring to her canines who she does not love equally (laughs) one's
1: been through some shit with me okay Mm -hmm. yeah
0: that's so oh my god i love that and you know firstly when you talk about the pandemic i'm like wait that wasn't like a year ago it was three years ago It was so long ago it's insane and like Mm -hmm. i feel like the pandemic either like made friendships or broke friendships because oh yeah like such a tumultuous time in so many different aspects so Agreed. it was like if you if friends made it through the pandemic that's great and making really good friends I think that that's really cool
1: yeah and we I remember us having a conversation before I ever even came to visit you and Matt during that that we had like been setting up these google happy hours for oh
2: yeah
1: our band families so our whole group of people that we all met because we were all going to these concerts across the southeast and all over the place Mm -hmm. um and like we communicated more once everyone was in lockdown than we had when you could have driven to atlanta to go visit travis and jen whenever you wanted to yeah um so it was like a really weirdly a blessing for our
0: little friend group yeah yeah That's amazing. Such a so there is something good that came out of that terrible time. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I hear like a good story, I'm like, okay, so good things were happening. Um, that's so great. And so die like give us a so you you were you were in a similar type of cult, shall we say? But um, so in terms um, L J of the Iron Man. By the time you guys became friends, you weren't doing Ironman anymore.
1: Oh no, I still. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just not oh, best yeah. friends, like you know the 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 truth. I, yeah. I decided. Yeah, yeah. Here's how it... I rationalized in my brain: I won't do the full anymore because that's just too much. I'll just do the half. Yeah, There's but half like
2: from them. a distance, even from like our friendship from a distance, there. I, you know, I would follow you on Instagram and be like, oh my gosh, amazing. Go Mm -hmm. you, this is so great. You know, because I don't think even LJ, if we were as close as we are now, well, no, that's wrong. As close we are now, you'd let me in on your inner thoughts. But like we were in a, we were at a point where like, you wouldn't have been that vulnerable to me. And like, you might not honestly have been able to see
1: oh no where you were yeah. just like i wasn't with bodybuilding yep. when you're in it yeah i do remember, like remember like several phone calls with matt your husband her husband she knows that matt is her husband i didn't yes. need to explain that to her <laughs> yes. that like we had what we used to refer to as like best friend phone calls where you could just walk dump everything that was happening
0: I like and i know he got back, some so of that
1: what you should bring those back I know. <laughs> okay I can yeah. I can do that yeah should I FaceTime with my Neo yes. the <laughs> <Of course. laughs> glasses on <laughs> but like it I've always been able to be vulnerable about that stuff with the people that I trust mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. I know are not gonna like run around but like being vulnerable about it and actually stopping reflecting like, taking a good look at yourself in the mirror and making a plan to live a happier and healthier life. Yeah. It's two very different things.
0: This mm-hmm. is true. So diet give us the four one one on your experience, kind of like how you got started and all that type of stuff.
2: Yeah. So I might even t- take it back a little bit further. Um, If that's okay. Like LJ did kind of like childhood and what I grew up with. So My sister and I um, grew up in a household where we didn't really know about like trying to eat vegetables and like filling your body with like yummy foods. That's just not like an education that my family had. And so like our diet consisted of highly packaged foods all the time, six or seven like Cokes, like not even like diet Cokes, like Cokes a day and like minimal water drinking and like all of that. Just because that's where we were, and that's what we had mm-hmm. access to. and like you didn't know any better, right? Um, and so you know, not again, not I'm trying to destigmatize my brain from like bad and good, but it's like yeah. we weren't getting nutrient dense foods as a part of our normal diet. And um, you know, that had one effect on me and that had a different effect on my sister. My sister and I have completely different bodies. I was just naturally uh, a smaller body than my sister's body. And so, you know, we would eat the same shit Mm -hmm. and it, you know, it showed up on her differently on her body than it did on my body. And so I didn't really, I was, I feel like there was an unfair comparison that happened, not from my, not from my parents, but just Mm -hmm. in general. And I'm sure that my sister, we haven't talked about it, but I'm sure she has, she had, you know, a lot of shame that she shouldn't have had, Mm. um, in that and probably still carries a lot of that today. Again, we all talked about probably should. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, I would hear comments from my parents about my sister and like, what do we do kind of a thing, Mm. which wasn't great. Mm -mm. And, um, so when I was in junior high though, because, you know, for a long time, I had been not in that, you know, having those effects. I didn't know. I, I wasn't really cognizant of, of bodies yet Um, until I hit junior high and my hip said, mm-hmm. Hey, and they just like, we're here. And they never time. stopped saying, and hey. they never <laughs> stop saying, and, um, and it wasn't until I, I was on a bus ride where we were going to like a volleyball game or something. And a girl, was talking about cellulite. And I was like, well, what's cellulite? Like no concept of it at all. And she's like, what's well, like cottage cheese? You know, you see it on people's legs. It's like cottage mm-hmm. cheese. And I was like, huh. And then of course I go home, look in the mirror. What do I have? And from that day in seventh grade until I met my husband and actually went to a pool with him like when I was a senior in high school, I always wore shorts over my bathing suit bottoms to hide mm. my cottage cheese, as she called it. So like, that's kind of when I started being very, um, aware of bodies probably. Um, I'm sure there were other points sprinkled mm. in way earlier. Um, but it wasn't to to my mom's credit, wasn't talked about a lot in a good way. Um, and sorry. And so, You know, when I got into high school, I was feeling kind of inadequate. I cried out for the volleyball team and I couldn't run a mile, which I loathe running and it's terrible and disgusting, but that (laughs) taught me (laughs) that, um, that I should need to be like healthier in whatever way that was. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I really couldn't keep up with the rest of the volleyball girls. And like, I just was still drinking my six or seven Cokes a day. And I was like, eh. So that's kind of when I started like not like not doing the things that you probably should when you're like, huh, I need to feel better. Like I need to have more energy. Mm. You go to the fads and like what's online and what you have access to. Right. And so that's kind of where that started. So through, you know, um, you know, six or seven years of that kind of balanced out figured out how to work out while having fun. I really do love lifting weights. I very much love lifting weights. Um, Matt and I did, uh, P90X back in the day because Mm -hmm. we didn't have a a gym membership because it was too expensive for us. And at the time, so we bought, you know, um, set the P90X DVDs on eBay (laughs) and, um, and like did lifting and it was a lot of fun and um you know just kind of like focus on nutrient foods um and then i was like hmm well if i can push my body through that what's the next challenge mm-hmm. and that's where it started getting dangerous because um instagram was huge a lot of bodybuilding there's tons of bodybuilding on instagram not on my feed anymore that shit's gone but
0: thank goodness there yeah. was yeah
2: and so i was like oh i want to try that out and uh got with a trainer got with um someone to do my diet cuz that's a whole thing and that's kind of where
0: i kicked off um competing in bodybuilding oh my goodness so a couple of things um you know like i like how you noted that like we're trying to stay away from like saying good foods or bad foods right because um it has that negative connotation that makes us feel guilty and we need to like steer away from that. So I'm glad that you um, mentioned that. And I think it's also important to recognize that, you know, depending on like, you know, your environment when you were growing up, like that may like those foods, the processed, packaged foods may have been all that was available to you. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that either. Um, So it's like, yeah. always, you know, so I always like to remind the listeners that like, there are individuals who like literally have to go food shopping at the dollar store because that's all they can right. afford and that is amazing and completely fine.
1: Just quick plug if yeah. no one if like if you have the time and interest in learning about food deserts and learning about mm. these places that are very prevalent in the United States. A place at the table documentary.
0: Um mm, that's a good one. Oh my gosh, who plays the Big Lebowski? Oh. I I saw that. I don't even know how long I'm terrible with as well.
1: It's the big Lebowski made it. It's a place at the table. It's about food deserts that are all over the United States where they can't have fresh produce delivered because the cost that they would incur to get the produce to where they are would mean that a banana would be $7 for one Mm -hmm, banana. mm -hmm. And then people can't afford $7 for one banana. Mm -hmm. So
0: they just don't. Mm hmm. It's actually it's it, it's true. And there's places like in middle America in the south and even in cities. Um, There are parts in like New York where there are parts in Queens where there's only like little bodegas and fast food. And like you have to take like two or three buses to get to a supermarket. So like think of like a mom or a parent trying to like take care of their kids. Are they yeah. going to really get on a bus for 3 plus hours to take their kids to go to the supermarket? It, like it's just not accessible yeah. even in cities. So there are places all across America and that it's it's a great point. And I think it's just not something that's talked about enough and there's so much stigma attached to like processed foods. And right. like at the end of the day it's food. Like Bed is always best in all situations at all times, regardless of like, like whether or not someone has certain chronic diseases at the end of the day, like feeding your body is the most important thing. Whatever is available to you is what you should have. Um, And so I try to remind the listeners like that's okay because a yeah. lot of people who are who have fallen into this type of space came from the other side where it was like, everything has to be organic. And if you can't yeah. pronounce the ingredients, don't eat it. Like,
2: yeah, 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 all yeah. That
0: stuff. So As I drink
2: my Coke zero right here,
0: which is completely <laughs> Listen, fine. if loving
2: Coke. No, I know. Wrong, no, I, I do. No, not I don't want right. to be right again. Yeah. Agreed. Coke zero oh, is 100%. far
0: superior to all other, other diet beverages.
1: Thank you. 100%. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm
0: sorry. Is we're
1: we're just trying to get our podcast sponsored by we Coke zero. We really Z. are. Like, <laughs> I
0: think we're a little too edgy, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Budweiser's done. Bear Maybe Coke. <laughs> over there. <laughs> Um, but, you know, so I think, you know, all those things are important. So you came from a, a a kind of a a different situation and then it seems like you enjoyed being active even as a child. Like you talked about volleyball.
2: yes, And you kind of, yeah, I've always liked moving my body, um, dancing. I was in dancing. I was in cheerleading. I played tennis. I did marching band, um, I like Nerd. just going on, just I know <laughs> I still play tuba. Um, I like going on, uh, walks. Like, yes, I, I loved, so I was tend-
0: outside all day,
2: all day. My parents had to like drag me in at night to,
1: to come in.
0: Back when kids could play outside, but that's another story for another guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we did an episode on our podcast and, and, uh, Jack, our, our friend who helps us with our social media and I just absolutely crushed her when she was like, you guys didn't ride bikes around and stay out (laughs) until dark and go to your friend's house. And we were like, no, (laughs) not everyone had that childhood.
0: (laughs) Where, where did you guys grow up?
2: I grew up in a tiny town in Texas called Edna. There are 5,800 people there
0: and there are three stoplights and four donut shops. I mean, there there were four thousand students in my graduating class in <laughs> high school. <laughs> my high school
1: graduating class was less than ninety. Wow, wow. Yeah, but you, you grew up, up in a this? bigger city though oh, so I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is i I ran home from Philadelphia. It wasn't for me. um. But I went to a private Christian school Mm. that is billed as a non-denominational. We love everyone. But I got a tattoo my senior year and they wanted to expel me. My best friend is a gay man and they told him to act straight or he would get expelled. So like, Mm. so everybody was rich and drove nice cars and
0: whatever. So definitely. Who's laughing now? I got 2020 vision. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. Um, So yeah. So I think like those definitely play that definitely plays a role. So so you did the P90X and which is also like not attainable for the average individual, right? Like the mm-hmm. average individual who just exists as a body. It's just like it's it's super hard and it that that's like a whole other thing but it seems like there was some level of uh moderation when you were at Mm -hmm. that point um so you hire so so you saw like I I remember back at the growth of Instagram like bodybuilding was like a big thing on Instagram and it's so dangerous because you have people like oh I'm I'm a bodybuilding coach like first of all that that means nothing to me like my dog is a bodybuilding coach like it's the same (laughs) level like there's no yeah. anything involved what are your dog's rates like i'm in the market <laughs> <laughs> she will work for literally like baby carrots or little pieces of apple. I love- my babies love baby carrots
1: i love baby Die also I
0: love, baby I love carrots. them
2: i very much love baby carrots we have like it's a, a 12
0: pm like i wake her up from her nap and i say okay go to your place and she runs to the kitchen and I give her a couple of baby carrots and I have a couple of baby carrots and it's like a nice little routine that we have, but we ran out today. So she didn't have any. So hopefully she doesn't recognize that she didn't get them anyways. um, <laughs> um So, tell. so give us like for the, for the average listener who doesn't really know what bodybuilding is like, I think everyone assumes it's like with like muscles and weights, like that's kind of all they know about it.
2: Yeah. So, so bodybuilding. is not like a CrossFit competition. It is not like show us you lifting weight here. It's show us your body as a result of the weights you lifted and the work that you've done to get here. So that's a pretty big distinction. There's no like active muscle show, um, like lifting weights. The active muscle show is
1: the horrendous spray tan hey we'll get into that in a moment
2: yeah. I love every everybody who's competed secretly love being that tan um so um so so you uh you kind of have you, you got have Jesus option. over there
0: I'm sorry yes his like- name is Blake and I love <laughs> Jesus, full glass. I was like wait that was almost finished <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry die please continue
2: no, you're so good. So there's a, there's a few paths that you can go in bodybuilding. Um, You can, there, are, you can decide that you want to compete naturally. And what that means is that you're not uh, taking any sort of additional substance, be it a uh, steroid or estrogen blocker or anything like that. Um, to adjust and change your body. You're really relying upon your nutrition. And um, that's kind of it. Like you, you you go with the genetics you have based on, you know, and, and uh, you do diet exercise and that's kind of the path. The other one is you can opt to do that. Um, and those are where you see a lot of the NPC, uh, National Physique Committee, or uh, WBFF, um, which I'm forgetting what the acronym stands for. I can find that for you, but it's like the pro level or, or excuse me, not WBFF, IFBB, IFBB. Um, that's the, that's the pro level, mm-hmm. um, NPC is like amateur. And then if you get your pro card, then you go to the, uh, the higher level. So I in considering this opted for the natural route. That was what I felt most comfortable with. Um, And I will share an unpopular opinion here. uh, Probably that is, it's not my business. If someone chooses to do something that I don't choose to do, everybody has body autonomy. And so, although it wasn't
0: (laughs)
1: so much
2: anymore,
0: (laughs) well,
1: Well, unfortunately,
2: (laughs) Um, but like, although it wasn't my choice, you know, I have friends that chose to do those things and to me, that's their decision and what their impact, I'm not going to preach to them. They're not going to preach to me We, You know, that's just my, my personal opinion on that. You, I think you should, if you are thinking about that really, 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 really research long-term effects, Mm -hmm. um, Side effects, all it, it, it takes a toll on a body um, because it's, you're operating outside of your natural hormones and your natural state. So, um, so I opted to go natural. And what that meant was that I was competing against people at the time before I got into natural shows that were just going to beat me period. We weren't on the same starting point, right? Like I was not um, taking, so you So you work out a lot and you do what are called preps. So like each show season, you have a prep, you're on contest prep. And what that means is you'll go for anywhere from 12 to 20 weeks, really restricted and restricted down to like the morsel of food that you have on your plate, weighed and measured portions every six meals a day. You've got your, your weightlifting routine to the T and you've got your amount of cardio that you should be doing per day, Mm -hmm. all leading up to this event. And it only gets harder, the closer you get, it gets more restrictive food wise, and it gets more intense cardio wise. So you're basically starving at the end, um, you know, and you're pushing your body, you know, four hours in the gym at the end. Uh, a day. Um, so, you know, I'd wake up, I go do morning cardio. I'd go to my full-time job. After that, I go back to the gym. I do my weightlifting and then I do my evening cardio. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would take my food containers with me everywhere. Um, and towards the end of that 20 week prep, you know, I'd be doing fish and broccoli six times a day with like maybe two tablespoons of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And that's for breakfast, you know? Um, And so after that, you do, you compete and then it never goes how you want it to, mm-hmm. because it's such a subjective sport. And I get, as I mentioned, I wasn't starting ahead, right. I was already starting behind because mm-hmm. I opted to not do certain things and genetics only take you so far in sport of how your body naturally is and exists no matter like the small body fat percentage you're down to it doesn't matter so i did that and then after that um you go into off season where you're because you've been so restricted for you know six months you are letting loose and you're you kind of do the reverse and then you're minimized cardio and you're like oh that's fine i'm going to eat this and this and this and this and this and you basically put back on everything you got off to be on the stage mm-hmm. which is like your body shouldn't exist in that that Correct. that state like it needs fat um and you know you it was just like a cycle so in my brain where that disordered eating came in is i could look forward to that cycle where mm-hmm. i would trim down again and feel good and you get the compliments oh my god you're working so hard you have so much discipline it's so cool yeah. You know, it became my identity as well. Uh, And it definitely affected my relationship with my husband. It's a very selfish sport, if you can imagine. And very taxing on friendships, too, because you can't do the social things that you want to do. And then when I decided to, like, leave the stage and hang up my heels, as you say it, and bodybuilding world, I was lost, completely lost. I did a lot of chewing and spitting. I did a lot of um undereating, tons of disordered eating, um and yeah, I just didn't I just kind of got stuck and didn't know yeah. where to go.
0: That's so scary. This is
1: and I know we've had these conversations before, but I I like associate you with like you love to bake and do mm-hmm. all these fun things and cocktails. And that makes me sad because you didn't do that for a while. No, That's not so for sad.
0: five years, five and a half years. That's a long time. And you know this this weight cycling, right? The losing and gaining of the weight, it's very taxing on the body. And like, like, like the baby die that you once were with, like the metabolism and the the body composition that you were like genetically meant to have. It's very different than you now because like. And even you, LJ, like what your body was put through—all that trauma, um, physically and mentally—plays um, such a huge role in like how your body processes things now. Like you can't un—you know, like you know, I don't like to say undo, like the quote-unquote like damage that was done, but it's like you're always going to have that with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, it sucks. and. so
2: much mentally it's where it's the hardest part for me to accept. Like, I can accept that I've probably put my body through hell and back one too many times. And I, you know, that's showing up with like my, you know, my back back here, um, like a lack gets stuck because of overuse Mm -hmm. of several years, you know, like I, I can like get there mentally that like my body, has been put through hell and it's not going to be the same as it was then because it shouldn't be. And that's, that's okay. I think where I struggle is with a mental toll and like the, the damage that I did just to myself mentally. And to LJ's point today, you know, I wanted to cry for you going up and down the stairs because I've, you know, it, it comes, it comes and goes, you have good days and you have really, hard meltdown days and that's what i regret the most it's just where my brain is and how much capacity is taken up by my thoughts on some of those really
1: bad days
0: that's the worst part honestly for me
1: i look back and i spent two years of my life trying to get the number on the scale to go below a certain point two years and the Facebook memory popped up where I said, uh, you know, I'm finally below this arbitrary number that I've chosen. Yeah. 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 Yay, yay. I have not stepped on a scale in years because if I step on a scale and see yeah. that number, I will immediately just regress into trying to skip meals, binging and purging, doing everything that I know I shouldn't be doing because society has told me that number is too high. Yeah, for the size that I am,
0: it's you know when people think of like an eating disorder, right? Like they obviously associate with like the everybody thinks anorexia, yeah. Like you think they think stick thin, but like most, the highest percentage of individuals that experience disorder eating and and eating disorders are those about a normal or elevated body weight, and so like when you talk about like you know, you had this surgery and you haven't been able to move around. That's a compulsory behavior that your body is pushing you to do. And your mind is pushing you to do because it's like, well, I'm just sitting here. I shouldn't be just sitting here. And that's, I think a part of eating disorder recovery that a lot of people don't understand. Like you don't just become recovered and then you're magically there is, there is no recovered. (laughs) Correct. There is constant work
2: and i think because lj and i have been able to be so vulnerable with each other that i feel very safe with her that you know i'm not perfect you know things happen you know and i just having someone that i can admit my struggles to or like the acts that i've done to to this day yeah you know uh feels so i just feel loved and and heard and safe because you know even i mean obviously my i well i'm new here but uh my husband and i have a wonderful relationship but there's still shame and he's there to support me and help me and he cares about my like mental um state and all that but you know three months ago, if I, you know, chewed and spit something, would I admit that to him right off? No, I got shame in that, but I can go to LJ, send a text and say, Hey, I had a really bad day. I just need you to know that. So I'm not alone. And I just, I, you know, and she knows vice versa. I'm not expecting her to say, you know, don't do that. Or like, blah, blah, just like, I'm here for you, whatever you need, and that is like beautiful.
1: I feel like these glasses are really inappropriate for how emotional
0: (laughs) we're because we're not sure where you're looking. Like, no, like like these glasses are completely—they're medical glasses, completely blacked out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Blake's been sneaking up behind me, going like that, to see if my eyes are open or not. Is
0: that one, because <laughs> I see you turning, and I'm like, "Is there an animal there?"
1: Well, I'm trying to also look away from the screen right now. I'm trying to take care of my little eyeballs, but to to kind of add on to Dai's point, sometimes the the people that you're in relationships with, especially men, because there's less, there's still stigma and like social expectations, but it's not there as is. like in your face as it is for women, um, or people who identify as women, they're getting the same stuff plus a little bit extra. They want to fix, especially yeah. someone who loves you. They, you, Something is wrong. What can I do to fix it? And there is nothing you can do to fix it.
0: Like,
2: like, like, like your partner.
1: Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's on you. Like, yeah. To work. Yeah. And like my, my most unhealthy coping mechanism, and I'm not shy about telling anyone this, is when I have those bad days and I slip up and binge and purge or do something like that, my immediate response is I'm going to buy something to make myself feel better. Mm. But now I have a bunch of stuff, and I still haven't figured out <laughs> why I feel the way I do. <laughs> but my God, if I want to spray myself with <laughs> rosewater facial toner, from Trudeau, it's on hand. <laughs> like it's people when people like think disordered eating or eating disorder or any like unhealthy relationship with your body and what you put in it and stuff like that they think like very black and white yeah but your brain is also part of your body and your brain will wild out Yeah, and it will find some insane ways to get you to stop thinking about yeah. the number on the scale or you know what you just salted your food or you chewed and spit or you did any of that so like Some weird stuff can happen in relation to all
0: of that. I mean, you know, these behaviors that you guys have shared with me, like, to people who are listening, who aren't in this field, who don't work in this field, it may sound, like, earth-shattering. But, like, I've heard much more um, obscure behaviors. So... You know, I think that it's important to talk about these things cuz people may not associate certain behaviors like that as being disordered. You know, you only hear like the the couple of things and even like when I was in school unless if you take like in-depth courses, people just get like basic info. And so I think it's important to shed light on these topics and thank you guys for being so brave. Yeah. So I think it's so great. I love it. So, like, how are you guys feeling now as, like, we're entering summer? Because it's, like, you know, all the spiel. Like, I one time said I was, like, maybe interested in, in visiting. There's, like, a local Equinox gym. And I was, like, nah, I'm not spending a car payment on a gym membership. And literally, I get this text Hi Lenny, Brooke from Equinox. Roslyn here. We have just 91 days till summer. What are you doing for your fitness? Like this person oh. doesn't even know me today. Again, hi Lenny, this is Brooke from Equinox. Blah 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 blah. Like Brooke, I,
1: I know it's your job. Respond. Yeah, I respond to people like that with the most unhinged. Like <laughs> I am mentally unstable. Food is the only thing getting me through. I will exercise <laughs> when I want to exercise. Mind your business, Brooke.
0: And I get it. It's their job, and it's part of. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's even where I am, like, mentally in a place where, like, I can deal with these types of things, I know when I walk into that gym as a larger bodied individual, like, everyone's little eyes are going to get wide and they're like, oh, we got one. What are your goals? Like, my goal is to, like, get off the toilet when I'm 75 years old. Right. Like, <laughs> I want to lift really heavy. That's yeah. it. Leave me alone. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And so I,
1: for a long time, like beat myself up over, like, I need to be able to wear a bikini. I, this is what's expected. Like, I need to be in it. And then I went through a phase of, like, okay, I just need to own my body, even if I don't have a bikini body. Do you know what's required for a bikini body? Literally just a body and a bikini. But that's not like, mm-hmm. so I am embracing my age both my actual age and I identify as like a 60 year old retiree and I have several adorable one pieces that will be just breaking the internet this summer. Stay tuned.
0: (laughs) And that's what you feel comfortable with. But if you wanted to venture out into a two piece or like a thong bikini I'm sure we would no, like to. My butt to see is that. actually
1: inverted. <laughs> so I'm not sure I have enough to hold, to hold that it up. That's <laughs> <sighs> that's not a uh that's not a, a self-esteem situation. That's
0: just a <laughs> there's Physics. nothing back there. <laughs> um so so for you, like that's even a step out of your comfort zone is wearing a one piece. It is because
1: Society says that's not what you're supposed to wear. Or if you like get a magazine, the people in one pieces, they're cut out so much that it is not a one piece.
0: Hmm. It's a bikini that is just connected. Attached by like a string that goes down. Yes. (laughs) And I love that. And maybe there will be one day at a point in the future before you hit retirement age or even when you hit retirement age, like the actual retirement age which now with social security on the fritz, like we might not even have social security. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't think so. Um, But I think in your head, it would be helpful for you to kind of like recognize like, okay, I might not have the quote unquote, like conventional body that I would like to have to wear this clothing item, but like you could. No one says Um, you can't. I've also
1: had to come to grips with the fact that the fat cells in my body are in my stomach. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: can't work out any particular area of your body. Like you you can't control that. I can't compare myself to die who has, you know, an, an adorable little, little tummy, little midsection, and she can wear crop tops. I could wear crop tops. I don't have the, the wherewithal to do it. I can't compare myself to her because we have two totally different bodies. Our muscles are aligned differently. Our fat cells live in different places. Her butt can hold up a thong. Mine can't like,
2: (laughs) no, my butt eats a thong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like just coming, coming to it's, and it sounds dramatic, but coming to grips with the fact that my body is not Halle Berry's body is not Jennifer Garner's body is not Reese Witherspoon's body is not Lizzo's body is not Queen Latifah's body queen my body is just my body and it it is the way it is and I'm worthy and, and it all can do some pretty amazing bodies. things I
0: do you that. feel
2: LJ oh, do you feel like pressured to Cause I feel like, you know, some trends that we're seeing in a very positive way are shifts in models wearing different um suits, like with different bodies, um, and like more body positivity and like there is a shift in in mindset there to where, you know, everybody's like everybody should wear, you know, should be comfortable to wear the the two piece. Do you feel like added pressure? to because like i'm trying to think of how i'm trying to ask this question like do you mm-hmm. feel the pressure to say i'm body proud when you might not be like most
1: comfortable i in- am presently the best metaphor i can give you for my relationship with my body right now is it kind of mirrors my relationship with my, my student loans i'm just pretending it's not a thing yeah mm-hmm. just ignoring it for the moment yeah yeah
0: and that's yeah that's perfectly fine yeah agreed I think that what you were trying to get at is like as someone who maybe like is in a place where LJ is like is she feeling pressure because now it's like everyone's wearing bathing suits and now you have all the brands doing perform performative allyship with showing a handful of plus size or curvy models, right. models emphasis that- on performative 100% yeah because uh-huh. a
1: lot of of these brands that are doing this allyship for all bodies if you go to their brick and mortar store that is not right there. correct
0: correct correct oh and, the, and the sizing like for things like skims right which is like a big like oh their sizes are not what real sizes are like when you go up Listen. to like a 2x a 3x it's like real extra larges like that's mm-hmm. how much different there shameless is. plug for Pincy
1: shapewear. I don't, haven't don't tried Pincy
0: yet. Obsessed, and so I good.
1: obviously I don't have the best relationship with my body. The sizing is amazing. The models are
0: amazing. Amazing, 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 amazing. Pincy. We'll link Pinsy in the show notes because <laughs> I've heard, I've seen a lot about it, and it's like all over TikTok. And one of my yeah, they got me on TikTok is how they got. Yeah, You're like, <laughs> like I'm not Dye, having a good that, body in this bodysuit that's
1: like lace. It looks so
0: good. Mm -hmm. I don't have anywhere to go, but if I did, I would wear that. (laughs) I
1: literally, all of my fun outfits get worn when either Dai visits me or I visit her. (laughs) Otherwise, no bra, t t-shirt. Here we are.
0: (laughs) I love that. So Dai, if you want to share like how you are feeling.
2: I think I'm not as like nervous about summer. I get more like my brain gets in a panic mode when it comes to traveling more. Um, and that, that happens to coincide with summer, but it's not so much summer. It's, it's really about traveling. So like, I'm going to Amsterdam in a week and a half. I'm going to, which is like, I'm going to Amsterdam That's in a really week and cool. a half. It's oh, a beautiful right and i'm going to uh, england and uh ireland in june and july and i'm going to texas in may and like so all these trips i think I- i'm very um just my whole life and and this was way before i got into <laughs> bodybuilding i'm very just like regimented and how i wake up you know my routine i'm very type a mm, lg what what? <laughs> um, so just to be out of my routine, that's where I can, my, I can be pretty susceptible to those thoughts that come in. That's well, where I struggle. It's
1: also so, so tough with traveling because you're eating things you don't eat. And I can't normally. poop. I, I can't didn't poop. want to say that because I didn't want to put your business out there, but I can't poop. I have to take X-Lax with
2: me. I got stopped up for two weeks in Africa.
1: Oh, two yeah. weeks. It's I don't miserable. have that problem, but no. like that's a very real thing. It and is. at some point,
0: like <laughs> take like stool softeners. Like yes, a few like start a few days before, like a day or two before to like get your body used to it. Thing because my I have irritable bowel syndrome, so like mm-hmm. I have to. My
1: problem is getting it to stop, mm-hmm. not but like I have family members that that's like their biggest woe of traveling. My sweet mother is very worried about our two week European vacation because she's like, I'm not going to poop for two weeks and I'm going to be going all over Europe, eating all kinds of wild things and I'm going to be miserably uncomfortable. Yeah. And I
2: think that's where it goes in your brain too. You know, with where, where I struggle with like the travel too Mm -hmm. is like, because I can't poop it's all sitting in there. And so mm-hmm. I have no release. And so my body looks different than like when it normally does, when I'm able to regulate normally. Yeah. And so, you know, I had like a hard, like it was, <laughs> my stomach was hard from where the food yeah. was sitting. It was so uncomfortable. And so you like, you're just thinking about it the whole time, you know? So summer, not, but not terribly nervous. It's, it's just like, you. it's a traveling that I've got to, but you know, I, I know what to expect. I know like when to look out for triggers mm-hmm. and like when they come in, how to like sit in it and deal with it. And like, you know, when you're in Europe, you can be like, Diana, you are in Europe. You're in Europe. This is this is bigger than it this is bigger than your body. No one's looking at your body, mm-hmm. no one's thinking about your body. You are here to enjoy life. Like enjoy it. it's like you know, oh. I have my self-talks to get me out of that headspace. I that. So That's I can't so
0: concentrate
2: on it. I'm thinking
1: about your body all the time.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to close out the episode, right? You guys are both a source of support for one another. So Can you give the listeners, like maybe like one piece of advice on like how to feel comfortable opening up to like whether it's their partner, a best friend, a friend, or like a therapist or whomever? Um, for me,
1: step one: several glasses of wine just to really get. Was going to say that (laughs) (laughs) just to really get loosey-goosey with it. Um. The the thing that I love most about Diana's relationship, when it comes to talking about this kind of stuff, is we are comfortable enough with each other to say, "Do you have capacity to discuss this?" Mm. And then, are you looking for a solution, or are you looking for mm. an ear? Like, what do you actually need in this moment? Um, and because of our relationship like yeah. that it's it's helped me to with other friends who everybody struggles with this stuff yep. whether they want to talk about it or not. like this is way more common than people think it is um is to set those boundaries and those expectations yeah. because the worst thing in the world is to be absolutely vulnerable with someone and then have them either like belittle it or brush it aside or offer you a quick solution so When you find that friend that you think that I could I can have this conversation, I can be vulnerable, make sure to say, you know, do you have capacity for this Mm -hmm. conversation? And uh, you know, I'm not looking for a solution. I just really need to talk to someone who understands. Um, because talking about it is helpful, even though it's wildly uncomfortable and I it's helpful.
0: (laughs) I love that. Thank you.
2: I think it's definitely setting find someone if you have a good relationship with someone just in general where you feel like you're able to talk about other things with that are more hard more difficult to discuss Mm -hmm. that's probably the person that you could lean into to be vulnerable about this I find you know you've got different levels of friendships with different people and the more comfortable you are with being vulnerable probably the better support you'll have Mm. in that in those conversations so when you find someone that you can feel like you can tell you know hard talk about hard stuff too whether it's like things you're going through with work or a relationship problem or you know your own feelings Mm. of like imposter syndrome or like whatever it might be probably lean into that probably prep them like like lj said you know you you, and say, you know, I've got some other stuff I'd like to share with you just to have like someone I can talk to this about and, and set boundaries on those conversations too. Uh, To LJ's point, what you don't want is, you know, if someone becomes aware of something that, that caused like a trigger for you, they can help support you in other settings. So if you say, you know, I really don't want to discuss size. I really don't want to talk about weight. I really don't want to talk about diets. Like I'm not comfortable talking about those things. If they're in a situation where you're hanging out with them with another group of friends and that conversation's up, they can reach over, squeeze your hand and say, I'm here for you. And they could even say, Hey y'all, can we just Mm -hmm. not talk about the food thing or diets? Like, can we just it's already everywhere in the world. Can we just yeah. like talk about something else? And they can be that support for you that you might not have the voice to in the moment.
0: I All love that. Stuff. You guys are literally the sweetest. I'm. It just makes <laughs> me, it warms my heart. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and everyone, please go and check out their podcast, The Chick Shit Pod. And when is the next season coming out soon? Soon we don't have an exact release date. We have
1: recorded some episodes, so we'll I link get it. So because I have to travel for work unexpectedly, and we have to push everything out another week, but soon, and they're going to be yes.
0: cool. <laughs> So you have a whole other season to listen to. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. Yes, we have like seventy-ish episodes. There's, mm-hmm. yeah. There's, There's
1: plenty. There's plenty <laughs> to get <laughs> through.
0: <laughs> Thank you, you so try- much
1: first fight. listen to first love
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it thank you both so much thank you to everyone listening please give them a follow on social media I will link all of their handles in the show notes and please give their podcast to listen to and I will see you guys next week thank- Thank you again for listening to this podcast. It means so much to me to have you here listening and all of your support. If you feel that you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening right now. It really helps me and my small business, so I really appreciate it. also want to thank LJ and Di again for coming on this episode it was really so special for me to have them on as my first duo on the podcast and please consider giving Chick Shit Pod a listen I have linked all of their social media and their podcasts linked in the show notes so please go and give them a follow and I will see you guys next week thank you